0: Welcome back to the Arts Across NC podcast. I'm Sam Gerwick, Special Projects Coordinator at the North Carolina Arts Council. In preparation for this year's Leadership Exchange in Arts and Disabilities, or LEAD, conference in Boston, I had the chance to speak with Jamie Katz-Court, the Arts Council's Music and Dance Director and Accessibility Coordinator, and Eileen Bagnell, the Executive Director for Arts Access. Eileen and Jamie head to Boston next week alongside a cohort of 10 LEED scholarship grant recipients, a North Carolina Arts Council grant program which provides professional development for arts administrators who are new to the field of arts accessibility and who are proactively developing inclusive arts programs and experiences for artists and audiences with disabilities in their communities. We spoke about what this year's LEED cohort can expect from the conference, what accessibility in the arts means, and why it's so important in achieving our agency's goal of arts for all.
1: I am Jamie Katz Court. I am the Music and Dance Director and Accessibility Coordinator here at the North Carolina Arts Council. LEAD stands for Leadership Exchange in Arts and Disabilities, and it's a conference put on every year by the Kennedy Center, which is based in Washington, D.C. LEAD is all about different kinds of accessibility as related to arts organizations. So it can be everything from Accessible Ticketing 101 to what is the most strange and complex legal situation you have found yourself in with regards to accessibility in your venue or your museum or at your festival at your exhibit Um, and so it really runs the gamut and it explores a lot of different approaches to accessibility and definitions and language and best practices Anything you ever want to learn about accessibility as it relates to the arts, you can probably find someone who knows about it at LEED. As part of our work to try to help advance accessibility for organizations and for communities in North Carolina, last year was the first year that we offered a scholarship to arts administrators to attend LEED, and that was to help cover the registration, the travel costs, um, their time, because not only do they attend Lead, but then they also have monthly meetings as a cohort, as a group with myself and with Eileen Bagnall, the Executive Director of Arts Access, to kind of talk about topics of interest, what came up, what did they learn, what do they want to learn more about, what are they doing, what are they wanting to do more of, who are they connecting with, who are they looking for connections with, just really trying to, again, carve out that space to think intentionally and to think more proactively about how they're approaching accessibility for their programs and their organizations.
2: Hi, I'm Eileen Bagnall, and I'm the Executive Director for Arts Access North Carolina. We have been in the business of connecting people to arts, education, and disability for the past 40 years. Some of the work we do in the community is working with arts organizations, museums, performing arts centers, opera ballet, to audio describe their performances for people who have low or no vision. Uh, For cultural staff and arts organizations, we've been really successful with providing training to help their staff become more welcoming to people with disabilities. Accessibility in the arts is removing any barriers so that someone can participate in your programming. For a museum, it may be as simple as making sure you can get in the door or any facility, that there's not a, you know there's not all steps to get in the door, there's a ramp, there's access. It also is American Sign Language for performances. Having ASL interpretation for a play, or for a lecture or a poetry reading, opens up that event to people who are deaf. It could be providing caption at the theater or captioning on videos that are displayed throughout a museum or on your webinars or on your website, but adding that captioning so that someone who does have hearing loss is able to keep up with what is being said. So those are some of the basics. It's really just taking down the barriers that someone with a disability would say, I really could never go there. I couldn't go to a museum because I have vision loss. I can't go see a production because I have hearing loss. Those are the barriers we're removing.
0: Could you talk a bit about how accessibility improves everyone's experience, not just those with disabilities?
1: Accessibility helps more than just people with disabilities. There's a concept about universal design that actually comes out of NC State. This idea that when you design something to be more accessible for one group of people, Ultimately, it ends up helping people who you might not have even intended for it to help.
2: The whole concept of universal design was begun by a young man named Ron Mace, who's from North Carolina and was going to school at at NC State. Ron used a wheelchair to navigate the world. And when he got to college, found out he couldn't quite navigate the world. And the irony was, is that he was studying architecture. So he saw firsthand what the barriers in architecture were for people with disabilities. So as a disabled architect, he pushed forth this platform and it's become a huge movement.
1: Curb cuts are a big example of that where, you know, oh, yeah, they're for people who use wheelchairs and scooters. Oh, and carriages and, you know, people who are hauling and moving stuff around and it's just become so much more useful to so many more folks than just the people it was originally designed for. If you look at access into stores,
2: grocery stores, you know, doors that automatically open as you approach them. That's a huge, huge benefit and barrier removal for someone with a disability, but we all use it. We don't go through, you know, no, I'd rather pull a door open. We all like the door that opens for us. Universal design is the whole idea that accessibility is for everybody.
1: The overall awareness, I think, is starting to grow and develop more. I do feel like there is more of an awareness that this is something that needs to be considered because we are starting to see and hear from more people with disabilities who want to be able to participate in arts programs all over the state.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the thing we always remind people is that disabled people have friends. They don't just come by themselves. They bring one, two, three, you know, maybe four other people with them. So what you're doing is increasing your audience. It's not just for one person. It's for everyone that comes with them. Um, One of the greatest moments, we were setting up captioning um, at a theater, and a group of women were sitting there, and one of them pointed up and said, they're doing that just for you, right? That's really awesome this woman hadn't been coming with the group we talked to them later and they said oh she said she quit coming because she couldn't understand what was going on she was very excited to have that opportunity to go back with her friends so they had a whole thing they went to lunch they went to the theater and she was able to continue joining their group so you know it really does deal with the social emotional health of people which we've lost a lot in the last couple of years, you know, it's great to welcome back the disabled community.
0: What are you looking forward to most about this year's LEAD conference in Boston?
1: As far as what I'm looking forward to most about this year's conference, I'm excited to hear what people have been doing and learning and kind of what they've found that's working better or what they're working to improve and how they're approaching it and being able to bring back and share some of those new approaches or new ideas, or at least new to me ideas uh, with our cohort back here in North Carolina.
2: I love this idea of a cohort. There are people who are, you know, representing performing arts, visual arts, local arts agencies, presenters Alliance, the presenters Alliance is part of this group. And so for them, they have this great opportunity to build a network Within the state. And then also, when they get to the conference, they have already a self, their self made friend group. Because the LEAD conference is a lot, accessibility is really broad. Uh, Betty Siegel and the staff at the Kennedy Center work really hard to make sure they have options that are entry level to access to you've been doing this for a hundred years and you know you want to see new challenges so there's a lot to choose from and with this group we're already figuring out ways just to talk through i'm going to this session you're going to that session let's go to this session together or i wanted to go to that session can you make sure you send me your notes and then we follow up the next four months after leave um, through december where we really kind of break down what they've learned and help them process it. Because it's always great to go to a conference, you get all sorts of great ideas, you get really excited. And sometimes that kind of filters out and you lose your enthusiasm or you don't have the support. It's really an incredible opportunity for them to move their organization from being compliant to being innovative.
1: Yeah, I think you hit it on the nose. It's Partly accountability, it's partly resource sharing, and it's partly, again, just setting aside that time to really stop and think and plan what does accessibility look like and mean for our organization because it's not going to be a one size fits all. You know what works in this facility might be entirely different for this facility or what's most important for a visual art organization might be entirely different than what's important for a music organization or a theater organization or a dance organization and so it's really kind of looking, taking some time to look at what are some best practices, what are some of the tools and resources available, and then figuring out how to put together your own plan and implementation of what that looks like for your own programs.
0: That was Jamie Katz Court and Eileen Bagnall. The Kennedy Center will make some of the lead sessions on August 27th to 29th available online. All sessions will take place on Zoom and will have ASL interpretation and human captioners. Get more information and register at the link in the episode description. You can learn more about the LEAD Scholarship Grant, as well as the other grant programs offered by the North Carolina Arts Council, under the Grants and Resources tab at www.ncarts.org. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Arts Across NC. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.